Matthew chapter 6 is a special uh, text to me. When I was 19 years old, I preached my first sermon from the text I'm going to preach to you from today, uh, Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. Now, I will tell you that at that time, I preached a 10-minute sermon, but you don't have to worry about that today. I preached everything I knew and then some, but uh, I talked about seeking first the kingdom of God. We live in a very self-centered, selfish world. The cultural narrative nowadays is take care of yourself, stockpile so that you will have all you need. The early church didn't think like that. The church in the book of Acts didn't focus on itself. It focused on the Lord and other people. Just like he commanded us to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love people like ourselves. The early church loved other people and put them and their needs ahead of their own needs. They loved each other. They loved lost people. They took care of little babies that would be thrown away, literally thrown away and just thrown out into a garbage dump. That's what you did with a baby in the first century. If you didn't want that child, you just threw it away at the garbage dump. It soon would die or the dogs would take care of it. And so the Christians would go to the garbage dump and pick up all the little babies who had been thrown away and raise them to love the Lord Jesus Christ. They were delightfully different. And you know what? A pagan world was watching. And all of a sudden, Christianity grabbed hold of the hearts of the people in the Roman Empire. And within three centuries, even though Roman emperor after Roman emperor tried to kill the church, they couldn't do it. The more Christians they would kill, Tertullian said the blood of all those martyrs was just the seed for the church. And the more they killed Christians, they didn't just live well, they even died well. And they died with the name of Jesus on their lips. And Christianity spread all over the world. When people stopped seeking first their own interests, their own kingdom, and started seeking first the kingdom of God. These are revolutionary words that I'm about to read to you. I know you've heard them many times. But nobody talked like this in the first century except Jesus Christ. Listen to this. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink or for your body and what you will put on. What's the emphasis there? You. <laughs> Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Just imagine Jesus 
on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee. Some of you have been with us there when we've gone. We sit right where he was preaching this sermon, on the Mount of Beatitudes. And just imagine a little bird coming by, and Jesus said, look at the birds of the air, verse 26, that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles, he's talking about the lost people, eagerly seek all those things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all those things. But, read it with me now. Read this verse with me from the screen. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And then Jesus ends by saying, so do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Nobody talks like Jesus. Amen. Father, give us ears to hear what your spirit would say. Oh, God, do it for your glory in Jesus' name. And if that is your prayer today, that God would speak to your heart, would you say amen? amen. How can you and I seek God first in a selfish, sin-filled messed up, crazy world. And it's been that way ever since Adam and Eve sinned. Everybody wants to say, this is the worst it's ever been. How do you know to begin with? It was pretty bad back in Noah's day, wasn't it? It's bad now. It's going to be bad until the Lord comes back. But how are we supposed to live in it? We're supposed to seek God first. And when you seek God first, number one, you don't focus on sustenance. Now, I know that talking to Baptists and saying you don't focus on food is a dangerous thing, all right? We like food. You say, Brother Steve, we don't drink and we don't dance. All we can do is eat. It's all we got left. Bless our hearts. Look at verse 25. For this reason I say to you, don't be worried about your life. Now just, we could have a whole sermon right there. Don't be worried about your life. Well, you don't know what kind of life. I don't think Jesus qualified it. He said, don't worry about your life. As to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 
The word worried there, he said, don't worry about these things. The word worry means don't be anxious. Don't be excessively concerned. Don't let that be your focus. Don't be fretful and uneasy about your life. Don't be concerned about having enough food, having enough water, even in a pandemic. It's what King David referred to when he said, Psalm 46.10, cease striving. Say that with me. Cease striving. You know what that means? One version says, be still. But the word means, relax. Let go. Relax. Cease striving. And know that I am God. Don't just stop worrying. Stop worrying because you know that I am God. I have this. I can handle you. I can meet your needs. I can do what needs to be done. Keep that on the screen if you don't mind. That's a lot better than my face, I'll guarantee you. Cease driving, be still, relax, let go, know that I'm God. I will be exalted. Don't you like that? God's not some little poor puppet over here. God said, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all of the earth. I'm telling you, we serve a great God. We serve a great God. Large and in charge. Don't you be anxious. You can take it off the screen now. Don't you be uneasy. Don't you worry about sustain, uh, attaining sustenance, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. Don't worry about having food. You know what Baptists talk about at breakfast? Lunch. You know what they talk about at lunch? Supper. You know what they talk about at supper? Breakfast or a midnight snack. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about your body as to what you'll put on. More about that in point three. Christ followers, don't be anxious. Then he gives a great illustration. Look at the little birds of the air. Look at the little birds over there. They don't sow, they don't plant seed. You've never seen them on a John Deere tractor planting seed. They don't reap. They don't gather into barns. You've never seen a bird hauling hay. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Isn't that something? He feeds the birds. God's a bird feeder. Are you not worth much more than they? If your heavenly father will feed the birds, don't you think God will feed you? Now, he doesn't hand deliver seed to the birds. They got to go out and get it. And he's not going to just bring it to your door. He's not your pizza deliver guy. You're going to have to go out and work if you're physically and mentally able 
Birds have to go out. They don't just get it dropped into their nest. But he will make sure that you've got something to eat. It may not be steak. It may be bologna. And you know what? I had a bologna sandwich the other day, one of the finest things I've done in a long time. <laughs> How many of you like bologna? Just go on and get your hand up. All right. Amen. I'm getting hungry right now. If God feeds the birds, won't he feed you? Don't focus on sustenance. Now, I will tell you, I know of one bird that can drive a tractor and plant and all that. Would you like to see him? Here he is right here. <laughs> Don't you love Woodstock? Man, I remember watching him growing up. I remember him being on that tractor. So I just thought I'd share it with you. <laughs> you say, man, we went to church the other day. Brother Steve, was a great sermon. He, Woodstock was on there on a tractor. But you know, he's fictitious. He's not real. Real birds don't do that. That's just showing that that's fictitious. But I want to tell you something. God knows every bird in the world. Even the ones that will never see a human being. And he feeds them. If God takes care of them, don't you think he'll take care of you? What did Jesus say that we were supposed to pray when it comes to food? Matthew 6, 11, Give us this day, say it with me, our daily bread. Give us today the food that we need. Lord, you feed the birds I believe if I work, if I'm able to work, if I'm able to do what I need to do, I believe that you will feed me. If I'm not able, then I believe you'll still take care of me. Luke 12, 7, Jesus said, you're more valuable than the birds. He said, don't you fear, you're more valuable than many sparrows. And then a few verses later in Luke 12, 24, he said, how much more valuable are you than all the birds? If God takes care of the birds, he'll take care of you. Now, again, I want to say this to you. If you're physically able and you're mentally able, God wants you to work. You don't need to be waiting on a, a check. God needs to, wants you to go out and work. If you're physically able and you're mentally able, you're supposed to work. Nobody owes you anything. Church doesn't owe you anything. Government doesn't owe you anything. If you're physically able, mentally able, you're supposed to work. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 3.10, even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, doesn't mean they can't. If somebody can't work, that's one thing. We ought to help them. But if they're just not willing to work, notice what he says, then he is not to eat either. God doesn't promise to give healthy people who are too lazy to work anything. But he says, I will take care of my children and I'll make sure that they've got enough food and drink. So don't focus on sustenance if you want to seek God first. Secondly, when you seek God first, don't focus on surviving. I know a lot of people that just want to live and they, they just, they're just panicky all the time. Oh, I heard that if you do that, 
it'll, it'll make you die. I've, I've heard if you do that, well, this, this will happen. I've, I've read, and they're just all the time buying new things to either take as a pill or whatever, you know. I'm, I'm telling you, man, we've got more pills going on in America than we know what to do with. Jesus said in verse 27, and you, who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life. He didn't say a day, he said an hour. Don't focus on surviving. You can't add an hour to your life, Jesus said, by being anxious. Several years ago, there was a study done. I'm sure there's been plenty of these done, but this was a massive study that shows that anxiety, even mild anxiety, shortens people's lives. I'll read it to you, just the highlights of it. Psychological distress, even at relatively low levels, is linked to an increased risk of death. Distress is a measure of psychological health that takes into account symptoms of anxiety or depression. This study found that people frayed by even slight distress meaning they sometimes stayed awake at night worrying or had trouble concentrating on tasks, were about 20% more likely to die over a 10-year period compared to people who reported no such symptoms. The more depression and anxiety a person reported having, the more likely they were to die early. People with mild distress were about 29% more likely to die of heart disease or stroke than people who reported no distress. People with moderate levels of distress were about 43% more likely to die of any cause, and people with high levels of distress were 94% more likely to die during the study than people with no distress. Now, there's science proving the Word of God. You go around worried all the time? And it's something you worry about dying, and you're going to die earlier than you would have if you hadn't worried about it. <laughs> you say, well, man, that's a bummer. Yeah. Didn't Jesus say that? Who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? The Bible says that life is short enough. Don't go around worrying and shorten your life. Job said in Job 14, 1 and 2, how frail is humanity, how short is life, how full of trouble. We blossom like a flower and then we wither. How many of you know about the withering? Anybody know about that? Yeah. Just keep living. That's all you got. Just keep breathing. You're going to start withering. I'm blessing you today. Am I not? Boy, I'm telling you, this is good. Like a passing shadow, we quickly disappear. Psalm 39, verse 5, David said, Behold, Lord, you have made my days like a hand breath. My lifetime is nothing in your sight. Surely every man at his death is just a mere breath. Selah. Pause and think about that. Don't focus on surviving. That's not seeking first the kingdom of God. If you want to seek God first, thirdly, don't focus on supplies. Oh, we've got to have our stockpile, don't we? Yes, sir. I'm ready for it all. No, you're not. Not if you don't have Christ. Verse 28, why are you worried about clothing? 
Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. That's talking about making clothes. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon, greatest king ever to live besides Jesus, in all his glory, clothed himself like one of these little bitty flowers. But if God so clothes or arrays the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? He'd already said, don't worry about food. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't stockpile on that. Now, don't stockpile on your clothes. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. You just seek first the kingdom of God. I'll make sure you're covered. I'll supply your clothing for you, your children. Did you know God invented clothing? Did you know that? When God came to Adam and Eve after they had sinned, they didn't have any clothes on. God and they were trying to make clothes for themselves. It's a very pitiful thing. Go read about it in Genesis 3. But God made them clothing. Genesis 3, 21, the Lord God made clothing. There it is right there in the Bible. From animal skins. I like that because I like leather jackets. Amen, I like that. He just made them a leather jacket. For Adam and his wife, they needed clothing. They were his children. He got them some clothes. And I want to tell you something. The same God that did that for Adam and Eve, he'll put clothes on your back. He'll put food in your mouth. He'll put drink in your hand. Our God is a good God. Don't you worry about all that stuff. Stop it. Because when you do, you know what? How would you like it if your children went around worried all the time? I don't know if my mom and daddy are going to, Get buy me any clothes. I don't know if I'm going to have clothes to wear at school. I don't know if I'm going to have food to eat. You know, wouldn't that just almost hurt your heart? Don't you think God wants you to trust him a little more than that? Don't you think God can figure all that out? If he can take care of the birds, he can take care of you. And he will. Then he gives an appropriate illustration like always. Observe how the lilies of the field grow. little bitty flower out there. They don't toil. You don't see them spinning. You don't see those. Do you see any of those flowers making clothes for themselves? Do you see them worried about that? No. Not worried about it. When you go to Israel, we go in the mountains, and these flowers are everywhere. Just beautiful, beautiful flowers. He says, these lilies, these flowers, they, they don't cut fabric. They don't sew. And yet, even Solomon, Great king. He had no robe compared to just a little bitty flower out in the field. If God takes care of the grass of the field, don't you think maybe he'll take care of you? Do you hear Jesus talking to you today? I tell you, when I read this text, it, I read it, preached it 43 years ago for the first time, and I read it this week, and it just blessed my heart. I, I just, I'm, I'm just so glad God takes care of the little things. Amen? He takes care of the little flowers. And I just have to believe if my God takes care of every little flower in the world, even the flowers that will never be seen by a human eye, God takes care of every little bitty flower. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. Well, how? That's the how's up to him. He'll take care of you. 
Verse 31 kind of caps it off. Don't worry then, saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? Verse 32, for the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. The lost people focus on these things. For your heavenly Father knows what you need and that you need all these things. Stop focusing on supplies. Now, let's do some positive stuff the rest of the time. Let's tell you what to focus on. I've told you three things not to focus on. Let's look at a couple of things that you do need to focus on. If you're going to seek God first, you need to focus on spiritual matters. Spiritual matters. Look at verse 33. In fact, this is so good. I want you to, I know you've already read it once with me, but I want you to read it with me again. Let's put it on the screen there. Read it. Here we go. Read it with me now. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Just keep that up there just for a moment. Seek first his kingdom. We're not to focus primarily on temporal, earthly things. Now, God knows that you've got a house. He knows you've got a car. He knows that those things have to be taken care of. He knows that you've got to mow the yard and all. He gets all that. But what he's saying is don't let that just become everything to you. Don't be worried about food and drink and clothes and all this stuff. Be more focused on spiritual things than you are physical things. Seek first his kingdom. What is his kingdom? All that he is doing through Christ on this earth. Do you remember how Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer? Matthew 6, 9, and 10. Pray then. Now, yeah, there you go. Pray then. Say this with me. Pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Here it is now. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's kingdom is his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the kingdom of God. It's what he does through the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we pray like that, we literally partner with God and help bring the kingdom of heaven to this horrible place, sinful place called earth. We want God's will to be done. We don't want our will to be done. We don't want the world's will to be done. We want God's will. How many of you want God's will to be done? Amen. You got to pray it down. You got to pray for the kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth, on earth, as it is in heaven. That's why we pray. We want God to come to earth. We want the kingdom that is in heaven to come to earth. That's what it was like before sin entered in. That's what the Garden of Eden was like. That's what the millennial reign of Christ will be. God's kingdom will be back on this earth. But until we get to Jesus coming back, we ought to pray that every once in a while a glimpse of the glory of God would come down and we would see God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is not interested in building an earthly kingdom. Hello. 
He is interested in building his spiritual kingdom by people being saved. Jesus was about to die on the cross for our sins. Pontius Pilate was questioning him. He said, so you are a king. And Jesus answered in John 18, 36, my kingdom is not of this world. Repeat that with me. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Our primary allegiance is to the kingdom of God, not any kingdom of man. Amen belongs there. How do you enter God's kingdom? Through salvation. One of the guys I want to meet when I get to heaven is the thief on the cross. He was all about the kingdom. He got it. You know what? God can give anybody revelation. Amen. Here's a man dying on the cross. I, if I was dying on the cross, I don't know if I'd be thinking about the kingdom of God. Would you? But Jesus was over there and he realized there's the king of the universe. I want to be wherever he's going to be. He's the king. I want to be in his kingdom. And here's what he said. He cried out to Jesus saying, Jesus, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, I know you're a king. Only a king could die like you're dying. Praying for these people out here, forgiving them and all that, taking care of your mother and the disciple, getting him to take care of her and forgiving all these people and all that you're praying for. You've got to be a king. You've got to be the king of glory. And so remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly, I say to you, Today, you're going to be with me in paradise. <laughs> you know what? That old boy, he had an eye-opening day, did he not? <laughs> he went from a cross to heaven. Jesus walked in. Uh, Father, I brought somebody with me. <laughs> oh, I know, son. I, I saw him coming. That day. That shows you, by the way, that we don't have, when you die, you don't have soul sleep. Man, you go straight to either heaven or hell based on what you've done with Jesus. Amen. He went straight to heaven with the Lord. He started off on the cross. He ended up in paradise. I'll take that any day of the week. And you can enter into God's kingdom the same way. If you'll repent of your sins, believe in Jesus, and receive him as Lord and Savior, he will save you. God doesn't promise to make you rich, but I'm telling you, he'll give you food to eat. He'll give you clothes to wear. He'll put a roof over your head somehow. You may not own the roof, but it'll be over your head. And you know what? He will put your name in the Lamb's book of life if you'll seek first the kingdom of God. How liberating. We don't have to live like lost people. We don't have to hoard all the time. We can seek heavenly things and the kingdom of God. When you seek God first, you focus on spiritual matters. There's one more thing. Don't forget pesty little verse 434. Everybody loves verse 33. But we really don't like so much verse 34. You say, Brother Steve, that's scripture. I understand. 
So don't worry about tomorrow. People don't like that. Now, Brother Steve, I know it says that, but I'm sure in the Greek it says means something different. No. No. They, they translated it right. I know, it, I know it's, it's hard. I know it's going to be hard to say, but would you, would, you, would you put that on the screen, verse 34, just a second. So don't worry about tomorrow. Now, the reason they hesitated is because I didn't give you point five. So here's point five. Focus on every single day. Put that right in the middle. There you go. All right. Don't worry about tomorrow. Say it with me. Don't worry about tomorrow. Well, I don't know what's coming, but God does. Now, why should you not worry about tomorrow? For tomorrow will take care of itself. It's going to take care of itself. Why? Each day has enough trouble of its own. I don't know five seconds into the future, and you don't either. I sure don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, my financial planner does. No, he doesn't. I don't know what the financial markets are going to do, and your financial advisor does not either. I don't know what China's going to do. I don't know what Russia's going to do. I don't know what North Korea's going to do. I don't know what India's going to do. I don't know what Iran is going to do, and I sure don't know what Washington, D.C. is going to do. I hadn't known that for 50 years. But I know what God's going to do. God's going to save some folks. God's going to heal some folks. God's going to deliver some folks. God's going to speak words into the lives of discouraged people. God's going to set people free from alcoholism. God is going to pull people up and lift them up and encourage them because they had a son die. God is going to help somebody today. God is going to minister to somebody today. And that's what I want to be about the rest of my life. I want to be about what God's going to do. I can't help what the world's going to do. I can't, I'm not worried about what the devil's going to do. I want to focus on what God's going to do. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm not there yet. Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. Every day. And his righteousness. You know why? Because I don't have any. I need the righteousness of Christ to be a righteous person. So I'm going to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And the Bible says everything I need will be added to me. If I'll just stay in my lane and seek first the kingdom of God. Every single day. You wake up, you got a decision to make. Am I going to pick this thing up first thing and start checking my emails and start checking my text and my phones and look on social media? Oh, my, there's a deep hole right there. You can stay in there for an hour and a half. Oh, well, maybe I need to look up this and I need to look up that and blah, 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 blah. Before you know it, you've spent two hours on your phone. 
it's time to go to work. You hadn't had anything to eat. You hadn't fed your soul in the Word of God. You hadn't talked to the Lord. You're going into a prayerless day, which is, the, to me, the most dangerous thing you can do is to walk into a day that has not been prayed over. Why in the world would you do that? Put this thing down and pick up that the first thing you do as quickly as possible be to pick up your Bible and start hearing from God. Read slowly, read out loud, read through the Bible, and just keep reading. You say, what do I do when I finish? Start over. <laughs> I've done it many times. And just read the Bible. I read the Bible this morning. I prayed. I do it every day. I'm not going to miss. I may miss some things, but I'm not going to miss my Bible. I'm not going to miss talking with the Lord. I'm not trying to say, well, you're a preacher. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher. I'm talking about any Christian. That's what you got to do. You got to seek first the kingdom of God. Why do we come to church on Sunday? It's the first day of the week. We seek first the kingdom of God. You're here today. Thank you. But look, this is not enough. You got to get in the word yourself all week long. You got to feed. You got to memorize. You got to you got to just marinate your soul in the Word of God. You've got to take a Bible bath every day. And then you've got to talk to the Lord. And I'm telling you, when you talk to Him, He talks to you. He answers your prayers. Don't tell me God doesn't answer prayer. I've had some prayers answered recently. I'm telling you, just little things. One of them was a big thing that I've been praying for for years. I'm just telling you. You don't need to live. You've only got one life. It's going by like that. You better start seeking first the kingdom of God before you see him face to face. Don't focus on sustenance. Don't go around, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? The birds do better than that. Bless your heart if a sparrow outdoes you. Don't focus on surviving. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to live. Stop talking like that. If you want to eat healthier, that's fine. But don't worry about all that. Stop focusing on supplies. I don't know if I'm going to have enough clothes to wear. What are you talking about, man? Go look at the flower and be quiet. Focus on spiritual matters. Get in the Word. Share Jesus with somebody. Pray for somebody. Pray with somebody. Go to church. Invite people to church. Just be a, a, a part of the solution. And then every single day, wake up and say, glory to God. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the 24th of November. It's a Sunday. Hallelujah. I get to go to church. Praise the living God. I got a Bible right here. I'm going to hear from God. Praise God. I can sing praises to the Lord. Even if I don't understand all the words, I can sing praises to the Lord and worship God. I can get out here and, and tell people about the Lord. I can serve somebody. I can write somebody a letter. I can call somebody and be encouragement to them. I can lift somebody up to the Lord. I can go do something for somebody and get my mind off of myself and get my mind on other things and seek first the kingdom of God. And when I do that, everything I need, God's going to add it to me. Can I have an amen in the house of God? Amen. Let's thank God for speaking to our hearts today. Amen. Amen.
I'm telling you, this stuff is real. This is real. Hey, you look at me. We are beyond a political solution in America. We got too many deep-seated problems. We need to seek first the kingdom of God.